This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, Season 14, Episode 6. I'm your host, Ian. This is Steph. And this is Oedipus Rex. Oh, we have the Blind King. That's a terrible name. (laughs) Not love my mother. Uh, Yeah, I'll just be Theo this episode. (laughs) Oh, well, that's good. I don't know what I do with Oedipus. So, we have a bunch of news because solicitations and announcements dropped between our last episode and now. We also have the end of Shadows of the Bat, the detective comic storyline, and Greater Gotham to get to. So I'm going to just drop into our news. First thing, not really Batman related, so Thea's going to get mad at me, but <clears throat> uh, Christopher Priest is writing Black Adam. I'm very excited about this. People should buy it. Official Batman news. Uh, <laughs> Joshua. More, more on the Christopher Priest love podcast. Details. <laughs> Yes, I definitely need to do that. I could just do that one forever because he's written so much over the last 40 years. Oh, at one point, you and I were talking about doing a, a, a thing with on uh, his run on Vampirella that ended a while back. It just never... It's still going, out. though, because he's doing Draculina and the crossover. Oh, he's doing so much with them right now. It's crazy. It's, it's great. And people yeah, should get it. Yes, definitely. He's back at DC, so I'm Yes, I'm so happy. Whew. All right. Official Batman news. Uh, the last <laughs> issue of Joshua Williamson's run is coming in June. It's going to be about Abyss again. The backup mm-hmm. is going to be um, a basically a trailer for the Poison Ivy six-issue miniseries. Uh, and that's going to be written by G. Willow Wilson. And those are all going to be starting in June. We have a Tim Drake special and a DC Pride special, both as part of DC's Pride Month initiative. I, you know, DC keeps doing this, and I'm not talking about the, the, the Pride specials. But this, I mean, we get these things with Tim, and then he disappears. We get these things with Tim, and then he disappears. We get these things with Tim, and then he disappears. It, at this point, there is nothing that DC can do right now short of just retconning all of this mess that they've been mishandling that will make me feel excited about anything Tim is doing right now and it's just so unfortunate that a character with such rich history is just being misused the way he is but yeah, yeah it, it does disappoint me that this is all the same writer. And Megan Fitzmartin, I think she's a very nice person. I used to listen to her podcast like 10 years ago. But it really it doesn't feel like she's got a good handle on pacing 
or characterization for Tim. And they just keep giving her more. And I, I wish they'd try someone else and see, you know, if they could make something better out of this. Because right now it just feels like a mess. It just feels like a publicity stunt. And the rumblings I'm hearing about behind the scenes are is it exactly was a publicity stunt. And I think that's very unfortunate because Tim is a character who people did speculate about his sexuality all the way back to when he was... Uh, you know, in the 2000s and Young Justice with Connor. But just taking a character out of his past and giving a completely new personality and breaking him up with Stephanie off screen, it just screams stunt because they're not developing it over an ongoing with full character development and stuff. It's just like, boom, change, but it's still not digging into the change. Issue, then hiatus. Issue, hiatus. Yeah. Yeah. and that that's that's just bad and you know i've said it before and i'll say it again this is one of the few times where dc needs to take the marvel model and really take time to develop their characters if it's about representation and diversity there's a way that you do it by actually developing the character and fleshing stuff out and they've done none of that and it's just it's it's such a disservice and it just screams like you're saying stunt cash grab whatever it's just not good and i'm not a fan at all and i i hope they can pull it out but the fact that they keep doing the same creative team makes me worried um so here's a big lump of tangentially connected team books we've got dark crisis young justice a mini series by megan Fitzmartin again flashpoint beyond is only getting one issue in june after getting three issues in may although i personally think they're just gonna shove one of the may issues into june because three is too many for one month um Multiversity Teen Justice is getting a uh, six-issue miniseries, and this is the sort of gender-swapped um, team where Robin's a girl and like Wonder Girl is a boy and all that stuff. And I think it's Kid Flash's... I can't remember if it's gender-fluid or non-binary, but it's like this, this very fun sort of experiment that they're doing. And it was in the Pride special last year... And they're expanding the idea into a miniseries. So that's actually a cool idea. I like it when they, they take something and then expand it. I'm not a big fan of just doing these sort of like little things all the time. Uh, DC vs. Vampires continues to do one-shots instead of having actual issues. And this one's about Harley Quinn in June. And yet again, we get an issue where they just don't know what they're doing. So here it is. The solicitors are talking about... Tim is missing in this whole dark crisis thing that they're supposed to be doing. That's supposed to be in continuity. Yet, if you look at the same solicits, Tim is popping up in the pages of the Batman. And what? I don't get it. It's, do people not talk to one another at DC? I mean, they moved everything from the from the East Coast to the West. Everybody's in the same building. And yet, nobody still talks to each other. Uh, uh, it just it, it <laughs> irks the living brouhaha out of me. 
Yeah, I, I I don't think that this Death of the Justice League and Dark Crisis are a very good idea. But here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. This is 5G. Why? If if if, if we're going through this, why the hell didn't we just get 5G when it was supposed to happen? Was it just despite Didio? It's just it's it's dumb. All this is is just 5G, and they're taking part of Snyder's concept with with dark God, and it just I don't get it. It does this feel is, sort of like reheated leftovers. It's just 5G all over again. Well, yeah, here we're not going to do 5G, but we're going to do Future State. Well, guess what Future State was? 5G. And now we get this, and guess who's in? Guess who's going to be in this the whole Dark Crisis thing? Well, Wonder Woman is Yara Floor. Superman is John Kent. Batman is Jace. It's 5G. I just... I do not get it. This is me banging my head on my mic. (laughs) We have a couple of announcements of cool projects for kids. Charlie Fish is writing Batman's Mystery Casebook. It sounds sort of like Encyclopedia Brown. The art looks like Funko Pops. Very cute, but uh, kind of odd. We also have a graphic novel, My Buddy Killer Croc. So, I was... Let me just say, I'm a little disappointed. Only from the standpoint of, before I actually read the solicit, when I see batman's mystery case book the first thing that pops up in my head is the black case book so i'm thinking oh wow they're finally going to flesh out the black case book like maybe they will and no it's a kid's book and so now <laughs> i'm like, hanging my head again <laughs> speaking, but wait wait speaking of funko they're also i forgot about this but dc is also doing um this thing where they're doing figures at circle k yeah free if you buy $100 yeah, you, with a gas or whatever it is. But it's not good. No, it's, it's eight gallons, or I wrote the article. It's eight eight gallons or ten bucks of merchandise. And you get the free DCs. And you get the free, but it's a blind bag. So you don't know who I you're know, getting. I know the people at my local Circle K, so I will make <laughs> sure. I don't think I, I have a Circle K in Minnesota. I don't have a I, I looked at the participating states, and Texas isn't on there. All sad. Please tell me Louisiana is. I didn't pay attention. I don't. I didn't care about Louisiana. <laughs> you know what? How you Steph cares about us. Yeah, I copy pasted the list, and I didn't see Texas. But Steph, you're like like you're right next door from Louisiana. You can always just cross line. Oh, that's true. I guess I'm a 45 minute drive. But how far am I willing to go for a weird looking DC figure? Uh, I go Cap- five. I go five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Something that hopefully Steph will be excited about because I'm excited. Uh, Batman Catwoman number twelve is finally solicited for June. Um, this is the final issue. Hopefully, so, we'll see. <laughs> so at first I was like, "But is it though?" But then I realized, well, they're married in the future, so. They have to get married at some point. Yes. Hopefully. Is yes. It? So that is that is more exciting. But the problem is that it hasn't really been a tension in the story between Bruce and Selena so much as Selena and, like, not murdering people. <laughs> so it's been a little... I don't know. 
I've really I liked like it. The st- I like the story. It is not as advertised. But yes, I was going to say I like the story, but I think that is a completely fair criticism. It is much more a, a delving into the tension within Catwoman rather than a Batman-Catwoman yeah. adventure. And well, you know, Y'all are both wrong. This is just nothing but lip service. You know why? Because it's <laughs> not in the pages of Batman. Anything that did not happen or does not exist within the pages of Batman, starting in issue 50 of Tom King's run, is nothing but lip service. It doesn't exist. You might as well call it AU. No it is AU. What- it is AU. Because it's in the future. No, no, no. The future's no, no. The always whole, overwritten. The whole wedding thing, it's just... Oh, I, I see what you're saying. You're saying everything that after... Well, everything starting after 49 is AU. I don't care. Unless, <laughs> unless Bruce and Selena say I do within the pages of Batman or Detective, yeah. I do not. I still think they should have done it. And I thought they should have done it back then. Now, I, I did love the second half of King's Run, but I'm still like... Come on, DC, you want an actual stunt? An actual stunt that would be interesting? Let's do that. Yeah. I was done with King's Run after 50. All right. Again, on every page, but I was So, yes. Uh, Batcat Wedding is promised in issue number 12. That, be- that cover is beautiful. How many copies are you buying, Steph? <laughs> uh, probably, probably. Well, I'm going to get the whole run probably in trade. I'm just lazy. Also, need... it's 45 minutes to drive to maybe get a copy. But you need uh, one to, like, frame and hang, or you need <laughs> a digital copy so you can make it your wallpaper on your phone. I'm going to, like, maybe. staple it to the back of my wedding album. You're going to staple it? This is a joke. Okay. This is a joke. Oh, okay. okay. But I do have my wedding album, and I'm going to reread the whole Tom King run, starting with Batman number one, or Batman Rebirth number one, and going all the way to the end. By yourself. By myself. That's right. But how many copies of Detective Comics 1061 are you going to get, Steph? Negative five. (laughs) I'm going to burn my local comic book shop to the ground. So if there is a report of a fire in Texas, know that it's because (laughs) Batman was kissing Talia on Detective Comics. And her name is... Oh, Tamaki. Her name is Stephanie Mitchell, not Stephanie Miles. (laughs) Stephanie Miles is the next person. How could Tamaki stab me in the back like this? Well, it could be the co-writer. Yeah, it could be the co-writer. I'm I'm afraid of that, but yeah, I, hmm. we're gonna talk about that. But I'm I'm worried. Okay. Um, I think it's pretty. Sorry, Steph. It is pretty. It is a really no, pretty cover. It's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> it's ugly in spirit. She says. <laughs> all right. Talia will always will always have a place. She's the mother of the blood heir, and we have to give her that respect. Well, That's why Catwoman fans hate Morrison so much. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> they could have always just let them get married, and we'd have Helena by now, but no. I thought you meant Talia and Bruce. I was like, what? <laughs> the door is over there. <laughs> <laughs> so get yourself together, DC. Task Force Z is advertised as a miniseries again, so it's now uh, 12 issues rather than ongoing. Uh, and I checked, solicitations were not saying it was a 12-issue miniseries before. Joker is getting a 15th issue after no issue in May, and April promising to be the final issue. So what is going on, DC? I don't understand. The idea of calling the mini just 
gives them a way out from saying it's just canceled. Because I remember a while back they were saying that it was canceled. And now they now by saying, well, no, it's not canceled. It's just ending because it was only a mini or a maxi series. But it was never advertised as that consistently. So it's this weird... Ugh. Well, it's just one of those dumb things that DC shouldn't be modeling for Marvel because Marvel does it all the time. Oh, that's, they true. Will, that's true. They will get these series and then you get to t- issue 10 or 11 and they'll say, oh yeah, next issue is the last one. Thanks, Marvel. DC or they'll just stop soliciting it like Black Widow. I'm still mad about this. Wait, wait, did they cancel Black Widow? There hasn't been an issue solicited for May or June. I'm just like, what's going on? Where are my issues? Uh, Riddler Year One, a six-issue miniseries written by actor Paul Dano from the movie The Batman, who played the Riddler. Artist Stephen Subic. It's a prequel to the movie, and it starts in October. Uh, this really should be called The Hushler Year One, but <laughs> Discovery and Warner Brothers are moving further towards a merger, which I think is a good sign because hopefully it will give the people making decisions a sense that they won't just get replaced um, or fired in the next six months without warning, but instead they'll have some kind of stability to work towards a lasting both film and comics future. But you you know what? The only people, in my opinion, again, I have no hard proof of this. I am just a lowly comic podcast co-host. But the only people who had that fear were probably creative teams and your low-level editors. The people that topped the decision-makers, they weren't never going anywhere. I mean, Except they, that's not true. They fired Harris, Didio, um, and a bunch of full editors two yes, years ago. That, that, was, that, was as of, that was as of AT&T making their stamp on everything. Here's the thing. The the, the, the whole discovery Warner Brothers thing, this is still this is still AT&T's baby. You know, it's almost as if it's almost as if Discovery is just paying for the rights to touch the IP and, and to control things. But this is still AT&T's baby. At some point in time AT&T could probably come and say, you know what, we're done here. Lilia's not going anywhere. They would be crazy to to dump Jervis. It's the people at top who probably need to go, and yes, that includes Jim Lee, aren't going anywhere. And I don't see any any change we're talking about coming out of this being done we shall see i was actually just commenting on the discord that a ton of associate and assistant editors have been promoted to full or executive editors which is very interesting so it does feel like they're kind of trying to uh solidify the the workforce they have on staff last piece of news and this is Pure self-indulgence. Uh, <laughs> I wrote an article about ice cream comics, about Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Joker, Harley Quinn. Check them out. Uh, it is ridiculous, and I love it. And that concludes our news section. Um, pretty big chunk, so we're going to move right on to our reviews, starting with Detective Comics 1057. 
Detective Comics number 1057, story number one, The Tower, chapter 11, written by Mariko Tamaki with art by Amin K. Nolpen. Outside of the Gotham Tower, the public is reacting to Batman's return as he coordinates with Oracle and the rest of the family on taking back control of the tower. Batman begins by taking out the party crashers. Huntress seems to have found Scarecrow and an avulsion. They have Psycho Pirate and the mayor's wife. Huntress is afraid one of them are about to be killed. Elsewhere, Tim and Steph are leading the free staff members to safety when they're accosted by, me- by members of the Penguin's gang. One shoots an electrical weapon, hitting Steph, who jumps in front to protect everyone from the blast. Tim springs into action, tearing through the, grain- the gang before Batwoman joins in for the assist. In the pharmacy, there are more party crashers looking to take a stash from this for themselves. The pharmacy is being guarded by Harley Quinn and a few other staff members. One of the crashers shoots a fear toxin bomb at them. They're saved, however, by Lady Clayface, who sweeps in and absorbs all the toxin. She disappears after saving the trio. As Batman clears another floor of the Penguin's gang, he calls in for a status report, trying to find the whereabouts of the Scarecrow. Huntress reports in that he's in the basement, along with Anna Volshin and the captured Psycho Pirate and Koyuki Nakano. Scarecrow has Pirate's Medusa mask. Batman orders everyone to converge. Scarecrow cannot leave the tower with that mask. In the basement, Scarecrow is gone, leaving the hostages along with Anna Volshin. She has a bone to pick with Psycho Pirate. He tried to control her, much like the other men tried to control her in her life. She won't tolerate that again. As she goes in for the kill, she's stopped by Huntress. The two foes battle. As they fight, Kuyuki frees herself and awakens Pirate. She implores him to help Huntress neutralize an avulsion. But Pirate doesn't feel he can. He no longer has his mask and is still too weak from holding the patience of the tower in his trance. She urges him to try. It's time to stop running from their fears. On the roof, Batman and the rest of the family, sans Steph, confront Scarecrow. He's not going down without a fight. He releases fear toxin on him. As they fight the effects of the toxin, he puts on the Medusa mask. As the mask is in place, he's accosted by Psycho Pirate, who is assisted to the roof by Koyuki and Huntress. The distraction is enough for Cass to come and to kick the Medusa mask off of Scarecrow's face. There's a scramble as more of the Penguin's goons arrive, guns blazing. Batman is able to stop Scarecrow, however, who can get to the mask? We spring forward and it's now day 67 of the Arkham Tower project. And Kuyuki Nakano is in a therapy session with Dr. Chase Meridian. They're discussing Kuyuki's experience that night. As Pirate lays unconscious, Kuyuki sees the Medusa mask at her feet. She has finally come and she's ready to face her fears. She will begin by putting on the Medusa mask herself. All right, so this wraps up the central 
plot of the the Arkham Tower con and the fallout in terms of the action. How did you think that each of the characters played a part in it? Did you feel like any of them really stood out to you? Um, hmm. Well, you know what I kind of liked? This <laughs> is sort of random, but I really liked Ladies Clayface's, like, two-second appearance. Yes. Because to, to me that said, not everyone in Arkham is waiting to get out to shank you again. Like, Lady Clayface was hiding. Either she didn't want to get accused by Batman's people or she didn't want to get caught in the crosshairs or she didn't want to get hit by any of the goons. Like, who knows what her, her thing... Maybe she was just scared. Who knows? But... Oh, they're undercover. I think Harley looks really taken by surprise. Well, I mean, no one knew Harley was Harley, but Batman... Yes, but Harley's there on purpose and and Huntress is there as a patient and it had to be come in as undercover. But I, I, all I'm saying is that it seems to me that it just, to me, it said not everyone at Arkham is a baddie. Like, okay, yeah, yes, yeah. like she's here to heal. She didn't want to get caught in this. And now she's helping Harley and, and fighting the baddies. So I really did like that. Um, yeah. And I also love, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 go ahead. And then I was, I was going to move on to someone else. Go ahead. What one's the one? Um, and I really liked Kuyuki because she's the one I wanted to have character development. She's the one I wanted to have healing. And it, she just kept hitting roadblock after roadblock. And in the end, she literally ah, takes fate and puts it in her own hands. Like, puts... Yeah. Anyway. It was clever in my head. But <laughs> she she's she's standing up for herself and fighting her battle by herself and I thought that was pretty cool um and she made friends and she made friends with Psycho Pirate which I thought was adorable like you can hear them they were like clutching hands at one point walking together I thought that was so cute I really like that yeah and I and 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 what I was gonna say is I really do like the fact that um Lady Clayface never did to use it to coin a to coin the wrestling term, she never did a heel turn from the pages of Gotham City Monsters. You know, she she was a she was a good guy there and, and helping Frankenstein, and we see she's still trying to do the right thing yeah. here. So I'm, I'm I definitely enjoyed that. I think that this was uh, a really fun climax i do think that i'm trying to just focus on this issue because i'm thinking about the next issue too um (laughs) i i i think that you you really highlighted the things that i thought were really cool i really liked um lady clayface's little part i thought that was it's it's so unusual i mean I, i think it's really cool that someone paid attention to gotham city monsters and of course the mud pack stuff way back in the 90s when lady clayface was introduced and you know, she used Lady Clayface in the Mr. Worth Parasite arc, and now, she, like, this is the kind of writing that I really like to see in, in the Batman books, where you take a minor character and you don't necessarily make her, like, the central character, but you show the development, you show the, the things that have happened to her still matter. Um, and that's really cool. What do you think about the art? Because 
this is, as um, we know, the fourth, the third artist in the arc. So we started with Ivan Ries, we moved on to Max Rayner for the middle four issues, and then these last four issues have been done by Amon K. Noelpan. Um, how do you think he handled this action climax? Well, I thought he did a great job. Um, yeah, overall, I thought this looked really, really good, and I don't know. I, 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 I would put it in my limited experience as, as one of the better arts we've had on this book. Um, maybe not, you know, a, a rank, but it's very good. Well, last episode, I made the comment about how, as we've gone through each trimester of the event, that the quality as far as recognition of the artist has gone down. But I really, as, as each issue has progressed since Amike has been on, it has gotten better, in my opinion. I really enjoyed this work here. It has is, it is really gotten better from his first issue in the event. Now, granted, I will also say when you get colors from Jody Belair, most art will look good and mm-hmm. and that will always be the case for me. But his pencils have really improved as we've progressed through now the penultimate issue of the of the event. Yeah, I, I, it's funny because I do think that first issue felt a little rough, but it does feel like he improved towards the end. And I have no idea. Maybe he drew him backwards. Uh, <laughs> no idea how the scheduling worked. But I I definitely like this issue. I, I think that we had a really solid art team. Um, only one A-lister, and that's Ivan Ries, who, you know, s- sells by his name alone. But I think Max Rayner and Amon K. Noelpar are now artists that I'm going to keep an eye out for going to be excited about seeing them on books after this um after this 12 issue series so i think that's good i think this has raised their profile and allowed them to show their a game and i like that all right let's move on to the to the backup story number two house of gotham chapter 11 written by matthew rosenberg with art by fernando blanco on the outskirts of Gotham, at the ruined site of the Martha Wayne home for boys, a familiar figure in purple arrived, answering an invitation. It's dark at the site. It seems there's no one there. Or is there? Days later, at the offices of the Gotham Power and Light, Batman is investigating an alarm. As he watches the security footage, he recognizes a familiar figure. Seemingly in purple, walking with an employee. Batman wants to know more about this individual. The next day, high above Gotham Heights, Batman meets Red Hood, who's been keeping an eye on the apartment of Elliot Maslow, the employee from Gotham Power. Elliot arrived at home with a guest. Batman fears the worst. But, Bat- but Red Hood reports that everything is fine. He also tells Batman that he knows Elliot from his days at Mongun's crime school. He's not sure Batman is going to find what he's looking for. 
Minutes later, Batman crashes through Maslow's window. He promises to protect him and his family if Maslow tells him what happened and to give him the whereabouts of his guests. Ellie is confused about what Batman is talking about. Batman then demands to know why he's helping the Joker. Maslow tells Batman he's not protecting the Joker. He's surprised that Batman doesn't remember. Later that night, Batman, Nightwing, Red Hood, and Robin, Tim Drake, walk through the North Gotham water main, looking for the whereabouts of the Joker. They split up to take a different sewer tunnel. Something doesn't feel right. As they go deeper, something jams their comms, and they find themselves alone. Killer Croc attacks Red Hood. Clayface goes after Nightwing. Scarecrow takes out Robin with Fear Toxin. Batman realizes it's a trap, but it's all too late. Water rushes in. So, we've made a big jump. I'm a little surprised, although I guess I shouldn't be. Because mm-hmm. the last four issues, you've had two issues in No Man's Land, two issues in Nightfall. So it's sort of like two issue arcs, which since these are ten issue stories, is basically like an issue. So this is turning out to be sort of like a six issue mini cut up into twelve issue backup. Um, so this issue starts in the present day. How do you think that transition's handled? Do we even see the boy? I forget. No, not yet. Not in this one. Um, well... As the aging of the Robins is the only thing we have to go by, um, I think it's done decently well. It's hard to tell which Joker this is, like, which era Joker. Forget what he was like at the beginning. But, um, I think seeing all the Robins grown up and in their new personas was helpful. I mean, you have to know that all these Robins turn into all these different guys, but, I mean... But we know that, but I don't know if someone who's on the streets who sees them in the dark would necessarily know that in the streets in the dark yeah you know at night they're you know walking along almost get mugged the bat family saves them would they necessarily know oh i just meant you're every man who picks up a comic but yeah yeah oh oh, i see what you're saying (laughs) as far as like showing us the time has passed i think that works for me as a batman fan i understand about how much time has passed for these to be their personas but if you didn't know you wouldn't and, and I think that's that's my gripe if I say if there's a problem. I mean, when you go through what happened in 1055 and 1056, it, you know it's no man's land if you've been Well, you, you even need to over. know that. I mean, I don't know how long that lasted as a newer fan. But if you, but if you, if you follow, right, if you don't know the history... How do you know? And, mm-hmm. and this series, this 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 piece, is written almost in the sense of you have to know the history. Yeah. And if you if it, it, it's not until you get to the page where Bruce is meeting Jason that you know it's more in the present. Yeah. You know because if you if you go and you look at how the orphanage looks. I mean, that could have easily been as, as a result of 
the earthquake from no man's mm-hmm. land. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there's nothing to guide you until you get to that panel where you see Bruce with Jason and and things play out from there to know that you're now more in the present than a continuation of a continuation of no man's land. So up until this point things have been fine. You know, and again this is me speaking of someone who's read Batman history. But again, you, the transition from ten fifty six to ten fifty seven or from chapter ten to chapter eleven isn't as clear until you get deeper into the story to know that it's it's progressed in time. I felt I that the transition between Nightfall to No Man's Land was really elegantly handled, but this is really abrupt. Well, I, I would say every step of the way, a little label that said 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Well, they're never going to do present. that. I know. But, but they should say, like, something little like editors that. don't saying, this takes place during Batman Nightfall. Yes. This takes place. Yes. This place ta- takes place contemporaneous to Fear State or whatever. I feel like most of the people picking up these books know how to do a Google. Like, I wonder what that is. Let me look it up. Whereas this, there's like no context other than you have to know what happened during those events to know that these are the other events. Well, it also just irritates me because they just, they're releasing No Man's Land in Omnibus now. This would be great cross-marketing. Oh my gosh. All you get here is days ago. Yeah. Days ago from what? I know, right? (laughs) From Shadows of the Bat, that'd be kind of weird because Batman's actually gone during this time. Yeah, it 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 wasn't like Ian said. It, it wasn't as as clear as the other chapters, where you could clearly see a more decent transition and and know. Okay, well, where are we right now? Oh, the building's starting to shake. This is no man's land, you know. Or you get the context of the new Batman that killed the other or the or the, the, the story of Batman that. Mm-hmm. Of Bane that killed Batman, and there's this new Batman in town. Oh yeah, this is Nightfall, but you don't get that here. Mm-hmm. It sounds like we're really harsh on this one, but I actually loved seeing all the Robins together, and it made me, it made me happy. I, I like. I was story. pretty harsh. I wasn't as, but I, 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 I did like this. Well, that's good. All right, so well, let, me think, let me let me let me just oh, say this. So many thoughts. <laughs> So many thoughts. Yeah. I thought people were done, but I was wrong. <laughs> well, one thing that I did not really enjoy was they kind of made Batman look dumb. I mean, this is not Elliot's first time in this in this that we see Elliot in this series in the, in in this story. Mm-hmm. How how could how could not how could Batman? I mean, is he just so enamored with the Joker that when you know, the, it's the idea of the Joker, he gets blinded to everything else. I mean, Jason just tells him, "I don't think this is what you're talking about, or this is what what you think it is," and he just completely ignores it. It's just the sometimes they go and they make this dumbing of Batman, and I'm just like, why? You don't need to do it to move a story along. It's just... Uh. Well, he's not always right. <laughs> it's 
Batman, not not Theo. Theo's always right. All right. How come? How about out of five sewer monsters? Oh yeah. Okay, out of five sewer monsters, what are we giving Detective Comics? Ten fifty-seven. Hmm. You know, I feel like there was a lot of character beats I liked. I'll give it a three and a half out of five, and the art is really good. Two weeks ago, I gave it a three and a half because I really didn't like House of Gotham as much as I enjoyed the previous issues. So I didn't like it enough to bring it from a four to a three and a half. And I'm going to keep it at a three and a half. I'm going to say a three. Uh, I thought this dipped a little bit. Not artistically. I thought that both Fernando Blanco and Amanda K. Noel Penn did a really great job. But uh, especially in the backup, it stopped giving me the the really intense enjoyment of what was going on. And I was just kind of like, eh. So I'm going to, it's going to drop to a three for me. And that means that the average is a 3.33 and the mode is 3.5. All right. I'm going to do. He's very happy with that. And I didn't even do it. Whether you are a first-time TBU Comics podcast listener, a 13-year veteran, or anything in between, we'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any of the comics we discussed. Send emails to tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Join our Discord server linked at thebatmanuniverse.net. Send us a tweet at tbu underscore comics. Or, if you're a patron, leave us a comment on our Patreon page. We'd also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read your comments on the next episode of the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Batman may claim he works alone, but we know that he needs the Bat Family. Join the TVU Bat Family and let us know what you think. All right, let's move on to review number two, Detective Comics 1058. Detective Comics, number 1058, story one, The Tower, the finale, written by Mariko Tamaki, with art by Amike Nopen. Deb Donovan sits in her office, typing up a story. She finds herself joined by Batman and Batwoman. They relate to her what they can about the scandal at the Arkham Tower. Tobias Ware wasn't a doctor. He was a con man who stole the identity of a dead physician to pull off his scheme. That scheme was to steal millions from the city while leading a drug trade in which the Penguin and the party crashers were his clients. This scheme and his drug hustle would end up costing him his life. Yet, Batman would not reveal Psycho Pirate's role in the scheme. But Donovan confirms that there was no medical miracle at the Arkham Tower. While he's having dinner, the Penguin's goons inform him that they've found the whereabouts of Psycho Pirate. He in turn sends them to the Gotham Sunset Motel to bring Pirate in alive. Penguin's goons doesn't find Pirate, however. What they do find is the Bat Family waiting on them. As the Bat Family cleans house of the Penguin's gang, they report to Oracle inside the new new Batcave that things are safe. 
Batwoman leaves, stating she is heading to a funeral. The funeral was for the late Tobias Ware. Not only is Batwoman there in attendance in her Dr. Frau persona, but also Deb Donovan. Donovan still tries to pick Dr. Frau's brain on who was working with the dead common, but is unsuccessful. Donovan does relay, however, that she already knew the half the story that Batman and Batwoman relayed to her. Also in attendance are Mary Nakano and Dr. Chase Meridian. At the end of the service, Nakano pulls the doctor to the side. He's not shutting down the Arkham Tower. In fact, he wants her to run the operation. He should have listened to her in the first place and waiting before greenlighting the full project. This time, he will listen. That evening, Bat Family on patrol looking for Psycho Pirate. He's located and Batman swings in on him. He offers him a second chance to stop hiding. As Batman watches Pirate leave, a familiar voice comes over the airwaves. It's the Riddler, and this is Riddler Radio. Alright, so, perhaps the most obvious question, and is going to say something very true. What do you think about the transition between the last issue and this issue? Well, I mean, it's almost like, almost like a whole different issue. I mean... I mean, I guess it was fine. It's it's kind of the aftermath of it, really. I mean, you got the author, the the author, the the writer writing up a story about it. You're seeing all the the online footage of the people being rescued and arrested. Like, I think it, I think it wraps up generally well. The hunting down of of Psycho Pirate is almost like a little bit of a. Do you know how Lord of the Rings ended and then it ended again and then it ended again and then it ended again and you have to like you're, I, I got up like four times during the end of the movie thinking it was over and then I had to sit back down because there was still 30 minutes to go. <laughs> so the the hunting the penguin or the hunt, penguin hunting down a psycho pirate feels a little bit like that but we get such cool Batgirl action that I don't really care. I appreciate that. I think that's great. The funeral is weird. I don't what? understand who the funeral is for. The guy that the con man replaced. Right. Because the guy is saying, we're here to pay respects for Tobias Ware. But the tombstone says James Ware, who who was the other guy. He's the guy whose identity Tobias stole. So, I don't understand. I guess I didn't notice that. I always thought it was just for the guy who... I thought it said Tobias. No, it says James on the tombstone. The pastor is saying Tobias, the tombstone says James, and the tombstone, I thought maybe they had, like, wandered around the cemetery and found the original guy, but they didn't. Like, this is the empty grave. There's there's a hole in front of the tombstone, and it says, it says M-E-S where, which is not Tobias, that's James, and there's not enough room in there to put the word Tobias. So, that was confusing as all get out to me. <laughs> um, I'm confused. I wonder if they killed him. Yeah, I, I got the impression that the con people killed him. But then who's the funeral for? Well, yeah, I, I assume they hid yeah. the death. But it says Tobias. I know, I think that Tobias is the error. I, there clearly okay. was an error here. I think that Tobias yeah. was the error. Okay. Yeah. I think also, so. like, why are all these people at Tobias's funeral? Like, they should be, like, 
go get rid go rid get whatever get riddance good riddance that's the word no on it instead of just um Dang. I love the psycho pirate sent Koyuki flowers I thought it was adorable. <laughs> Oh, and I thought it was weird that Batman let him go. So there were weird things, but well, there was enough good Well, it's because he's running from like... something that's going on and like the other stuff. So oh. Batman's like, "You got worse problems than me." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, overall, overall, I liked it. And then it had a nice little sneak peek at next time. It wasn't, it wasn't like the Batman issue that was two two pages of eulogy, two pages of um epilogue and then all looking forward at um abyss which was not that exciting no 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 tell us how you feel theo eat off paneling what's off paneled how everything ended up like how did koyuki stop the villains how did it oh i, I was fine i didn't care no i'm with theo this was I, very I frustrating i definitely care i mean here it is someone who who begins the event as a nobody that's that's clear who mm-hmm. by the time we get to chapter 11 is now saying i'm ready to face my fear and she does it by putting on this powerful mask that she has no idea what it will do to her and we get zilch as <laughs> to when it happens zilch I hate it I absolutely positively hate off paneling it is the bane of comic books you know and and Tom King is notorious for off paneling. We get off paneling when Tim somehow breaks up the st- with Steph for some reason, and now we get a crap ton of off paneling here, and I absolutely hate it. It's the worst way to end the story. That being said, the art was the bomb. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. And coming from where we started with Amike Nupon on on Shadows to where we ended, I am absolutely pleased and would have no problem if he was to ever become a regular artist on a bad book. Yeah, for sure. But I absolutely, and, and Mariko, if, if you're out there, I love you to death. I've loved you since your run on, on She-Hulk. But this was just wrong. I, did, I ate off paneling. Ate it. So, so Theo basically said what I was going to say. I, I actually really like this issue in and of itself. But as the final issue of the arc, I'm just like... You had 12 issues. I feel like we should have devoted some of that time to actually showing the resolution of the crisis. Like, <laughs> that, that that really did frustrate me. Um, but also, like, Amonkai Noelpan kicked it out of the park. This was a gorgeous issue. Uh, the, the, the whole sequence where the Batgirls and Batman are just taking down the Penguin's goons. Fantastic. 
So good. Oh, man. What do you think about where we leave the characters? So we do get basically like one and a half pages of Huntress. Uh, I think Steph has covered Koyuki pretty well. I think Mm -hmm. uh, Koyuki actually is the most satisfying arc. But I feel like Huntress was kind of left in the lurch. Like, what do you guys think about that? That's true. Yeah. Huntress, we don't know. I guess she's going to just live with her demons. We live with COVID. She lives with her demons (laughs) or her visions, whatever. Nightwing is really nowhere to be seen. I guess he was in like a tiny... He's still detoxing. No, he's he's in the Batcave. Like, you see him a tiny bit, but... Oh, yeah, that's right. Know. He's in the new new cave. Now, this mm-hmm. new cave, that's, that's, that was the old... Uh, that's where the... Right? The, the... What are they called? The, the crash. Crashers. Yeah, party crashers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Looks like... Because no one will find them there. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Why is there a whole city under the city? Whatever. Why not? It's cool. The foundation must be horrible above. But anyway. No, no, uh, Deb and Kate shipping, I guess. Oh, God. I, I would, I would choke you somebody. Mean Deb or Chase? Yeah, Deb. Chase? No. Because Chase. Oh, was... Chase. Oh, yeah. cha- oh, okay, okay. Never mind. I thought, I thought you meant Deb, and I was like, that's weird. That's about to make me go on the burger spree. Oh my God. That makes more sense. Okay, carry on. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I do want to get more deeply into the whole series, but first, let's do our backup. Story number two, House of Gotham, part 12, written by Matt Rosenberg with art by Fernando Blanco. Batman pulls himself out of the water and escapes the flooded sewer. He finds himself outside of the destroyed Martha Wayne orphanage. He walks up the steps and finds the Joker tied up. Batman imagines the Joker is playing another one of his games, but he learns that it's actually a trap set up by the boy. Boy thanks Batman for honoring his agreements by giving him space that has allowed the boy to make his final play to exact revenge on the man responsible for the murder of his parents. Followers attack Batman, giving Scarecrow time to spray him with fear talk. Batman passes out. When he awakens, Batman finds himself tied up just like the Joker. The boy has an axe in his hand. The Joker has ruined so many lives and Batman has allowed it all to happen. No more. Batman frees himself from his bonds. And the kids with the boy flee in fear. Batman talks the boy out of killing the Joker. He knows that he's failed him all these years and vows to be better. The boy fears he's about to be returned to Arkham Asylum, but Batman tells him to go find his followers instead. Show the rest of Gotham that he and his people have not been forgotten. Batman leaves. The boy walks through the underground water main of the reservoir, looking for his followers. Instead, he walks into the Penguin. The Penguin has been looking for him ever since he turned on him so many years ago. The boy apologizes for leaving Penguin trapped with Batman. He tells the Penguin of his mission to help those who can't help themselves. But the Penguin doesn't see it this way. The boy doesn't matter. He never has. This is evident in the fact that through these decades, no one he's encountered has ever cared to know his name. All this time, 
it's only been a minor character in everyone else's story. To prove his point, Penguin kills the boy, leaving him dead in the sewer. I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess uh, Theo's answer our question. What do we think about the conclusion of House of Gotham? I feel like it has the kind of flavor of, of like, I don't know, like a critically acclaimed Oscar-winning movie that I didn't quite understand. I did like it. I did not hate it. I, I think I liked this okay, just because he is, quote-unquote, a minor character. He is a tragic story, and, you know, stories have to end in weddings or, or death, and those are the two options, apparently. And so this is a death story, and so I think... It is tragic. It is sad. It had nothing to do with the main story. We were totally wrong about that. Um, I think overall, I liked it. I did. Th- I mean, my heart's my heart's broken. I'm sad, but I don't hate it. I I liked the story that was told, and I think it's it's one of the stories of one of the one of the people that Batman misses, and I think that's okay. I think there's a lot of people. There's a lot of villains who are developed because they hated Batman for not saving their mom or whatever it is. And that this could have been one, but this boy decided to change his life and it did not work out. And I think that's just life sometimes. So I didn't hate it. That was wrong. It was terrible. (laughs) Terrible. No, it wasn't. Now, granted, I will. I will give Rosenberg credit for the swerve at the end because the three of us here on the TBU comic podcast were not the only ones who assumed that this was Roy Dodd. I have who didn't read, end up being important at all. <laughs> I have read more than enough reviews, not just my own, but on other sites where the assumption was that by the time we get to the end of the story, we would have Nero, Nero 19, and we didn't, and mm-hmm. I hate it. Not just because Matt Rosenberg made me wrong, but for the <laughs> fact that he built up this character over 12 issues only to just off him as nothing, and I absolutely hate it. Do you hate it because your feelings were hurt, or do you actually hate it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I... I don't like this ending at all. I still love those sort of side stories about Nightfall and No Man's Land. I think those were really well done. But I I partly think that I don't like this ending because it feels like those side stories were wasted. It doesn't feel like they mattered at all to the ending of this boy's story. I'm so happy Ian reads my (laughs) reviews. I said the same thing. It just... it, It just... Everything that happened in the first 11 parts of this story just... Well, no, that's not true. The The Penguin stuff mattered. Like, the boy betraying the Penguin. So it's ba- this is basically the- like a two-issue story, like a three-part story that got a bunch of stuff added in the middle. Yeah, it's like everything that was done to flesh out and develop this character, the boy, just because he's I I also think that it's very disappointing because I think it could have done better. I feel like 
if Rosenberg had done a better job of like weaving in and I see the parts like the the lessons that Bane tries to teach him and like I see what he's trying to do but it it doesn't work partly because the whole trying to get us to care about a character and then killing the character off is of course a tried and true strategy for you know emotional manipulation but I I don't think it was worth the amount of time it spent telling the story um, especially since I I still think that this should have been connected to the Shadows of the Bat story um, because it was the same length and it was the same team the whole time so I feel like it should have been like a two part story that comes together in the end instead it's like and it didn't matter at all if you didn't read the backups which that just feels like a kick in the teeth to me because you are paying for it that's true this is nothing against the art at all i i still love the fact that fernando blanco did all the issues i think it looks oh, great true. um but th- this this is definitely gonna hurt my my rate my ranking uh, again I, it feels like this is like a, a one or two issue story that would have been you know we're sad for this boy. No one knew his name, and Batman tried, but he failed. Like we've seen that story. It's fine. It's not. It's not a bad idea. But twelve issues, especially when we got so invested in all the stuff, and especially I had all these things where like it's going through Batman's history. It's like a dark mirror, and in the end, it's not a dark mirror, or it's, it's just like a, a cheap lesson about how sometimes people fail and life sucks and you die. Okay, <laughs> was that twelve issues of good? I don't think so. Before we get into our big overall discussion of uh, Shadows of the Bat, let's give this final issue, 1058, a rating out of five Riddler radios. I just knew you were going to say Steph punches. but Oh, man. I should have. I should have. We can still do it. Steph punches. Okay. I give it three out of five Steph punches. Yeah, this, this was... For me, the the worst issue of the entire event, um, partly because of the off paneling, and primarily because of how House of Gotham ended, and it's it's a grief for me as well. The main story itself, the off paneling really does bother me. That really is it's bothersome on a craft level. I just I don't think that was well judged. And yeah, the the fact that we we were hoping the whole time that House of Gotham would connect to Shadows of the Bat, and then it didn't, and then the ending itself was disappointing. I think it's only the fact that I really love Noel Penn's art and Blanco continued to do a fantastic job on the art that this is not a 2.5. This is going to be a 3 because I do love the art so much, but it's it's really rough. So that's a, a 3 overall and a 3 mode. So that that's our rating. Now let's get into our discussion of Shadows of the Bat, 12 issue art. We're not going to talk about the backup because clearly it doesn't matter. What do we think about this weekly event? Do you think it was worth the... So this is $20 a month because it's $5, four issues a month. Is it worth $20 a month, $60 overall for this Shadows of the Bat arc? I think overall the arc was absolutely fantastic. Like, yes, it doesn't end the way you want, but to be honest, most stories don't end the way you want. I feel like the the meat of the story has to be fantastic, and I think she knocked it out of the park. 
yeah, def- definitely worth it. I, I, if this had gone, I've said a few times that this being a weekly story was a good thing and a bad thing. A good thing in that you know we we didn't have to wait too long to get to the next issue. Bad in that it would end sooner rather than later, and you know. Yeah, despite the fact of how it ended, it was absolutely worth it. I agree. Um, I do think the ending falls down a bit, but like Steph said, I mean, one of my favorite weekly series was Batman Eternal. I do think the ending of Batman Eternal is pretty weak, especially compared to the rest of the series, but I still love that, that story because I look at weekly comics as sort of like you get to spend more time with your favorite characters in your favorite city fictional city if you're a batman fan you love gotham and you love these characters and this definitely felt like i was spending time with my favorite characters i was spending every week looking forward to what's steph gonna do next what's huntress gonna do next is batman gonna save the day answer yes because he's great i mean that him coming well i don't want to get too much into the next question but like there's just so much great stuff in this and i do think it was worthwhile could it have been more of course everything could be improved i mean you could have narrowed the cast and really focused on more character relationships and stuff but i i sometimes like stories that are more breadth that have all the characters interacting kicking butt being cool looking great the art was with a couple of weak spots like the first issue that amon k did it was a little weaker but then he shaped up in this last issue just gorgeous and then of course even reese the first four is like artistically definitely worth it um so i I definitely think this is worth it. Um, I think at this point, though, I'd say probably more of a trade thing, just because you get the whole thing. I will be curious to see if they collect it all in one trade, if they collect uh, the backup separately, because it has nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. I will be looking forward to seeing how they collect this one in trade. Will it be a two-parter? We'll see. Um, I don't think they've solicited any trades for it yet. But... Um... So next question, would you guys rather, and this is sort of a a business, would you rather do favorite moment or favorite issue? Oh, gosh, I don't think I'm ready to do favorite issue. (laughs) Okay, let's go with favorite moment then. In the 12 issues, Mm. what's your favorite moment? I have to say, finding out that Harley, that fake Harley was real Harley, I don't know. I don't know why that stands out to me, but that just, that took me aback and I had to like stop reading for a bit and breathe and I just, I just thought that was hilarious. I think I really also liked the time she took to do flashbacks to get the heroes' relationships to some of the baddies and some of the situations, like the back, the seeing Huntress in the past, seeing Kate in the past. Um, I don't know. I really appreciated those. Those really fleshed out the the new baddies that they introduced. Who turned out being not much not but. much but i still think like it, it it heightens the the emotional investment in arkham tower better not be crap <laughs> and then it was and siphon's dead siphon's dead we don't know what the heck happened to um nero nero nor was Mega man killed too i don't remember yeah i don't i don't know i don't even know what happened to anna yeah, I mean, I like, mean that's part of the whole problem with the ending is like there's so much that we don't know how people ended up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I definitely wait. Were you were you done, Steph? I'm sorry. Yeah, I was done. I'm done. I definitely 
laughed at the whole fake Harley is actually Harley mm-hmm. thing. That was just that was that was absolutely crazy. But my moment, without a doubt, was Batman doing the Batman of Batman Returns. You know <laughs> when that catching, was a really great moment when, when catching Dick falling from the window. You know. Yeah, and, and and I know, like I said, the last episode, I know a lot of people complained about how Batman made his return. But damn it, it's, this is a Batman book. Who else to save the day? You know, and he did it the only way Batman knows how to do it with drama, and that was just the way he just shows up and like, yeah, I got him. I got this. And that was just awesome. And I think the way Amon Cape presents him, you know, standing there in the bat wing, just waiting for his son to drop into him was just chef's kiss. I am going to pick. I love I this. What? Pick. I know what he's going to pick. <laughs> Do you though? I am going to pick. The sequence that leads up to the full collapse. So when Tobias Ware is making his announcement and Steph is sneaking up into the crowd and everything's falling apart. I just thought that it felt like a true just kick of like kick off the brakes, go downhill. You just everything is moving into action. And then Steph just kicks the butt of four party crashes at once. And it's it was so cool. I just loved the the transition into the final act. It was really well, everything coming together. felt like the Bat family was working together, doing detective work. The the con is falling apart, and you just see both sides coming together, and then they collide, and it's just glorious. Was that what you thought I was going to say? That was the second thing I thought you were going to say. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was going to be either Steph punching someone in the last issue or Steph punching someone in this issue, but... <laughs> I mean, what what can I say? I'm I'm me. I have to be me. It, 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 it was just, and you kind of mentioned it already. The way, what was also awesome was just the way that, and I mentioned it in my review as well. Tamaki just seems to know how to write these characters, and I mean, I, the way she writes them just makes you want to read more of them. And if at some point in time we don't get a Batwoman book, or if we don't get of Huntress, I am going to be very disappointed. I mean, you just... You see the interaction between Kate and Deb Donovan, and you just see Bruce and Jim Gordon through and through with the way that those two interact with each other. And it would be a terrible, terrible, terrible mistake if DC doesn't flesh that out more. Yeah, I definitely agree that Tamaki has proven her her value to the Gotham, to, to the Bat books, and to DC as a writer. And I hope that they will make use of that talent in, in this area because I think she really has value to add there. Um, I would like to see her write a bit more um, of Bruce because I think she did a great job in the neighborhood and I kind of want to see that back. I don't know how much she's going to be allowed to because it's whole Death of the Justice League and 
Batman being gone and stuff, but mm-hmm. I I hope that she gets to write more Bruce because I'd love to see more of her take because this was more Bat Family and she does a great Bruce at the end, but it's more of his skills. We don't de- deeply into his character for sure, you know. It is Death of the Justice League in continuity. It's in continuity, but it's supposed to be like in like yeah. two years, so it's like is in it? the future. Is it? That's what I'm hearing. I don't know. I don't care either. Well, I mean, we future state was supposed to be in in the future. So, is it? Is it really? (laughs) You you have a very excellent point. You 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 you, you, as a as a longtime fan of DC Comics, it it hurts my heart to say I can't trust anything DC says. (laughs) So, yeah, go back to my uh, whole rant about. <laughs> all right how do you think this shadows of the bat will be remembered i mean will i think both all three of us will look back on it fondly i think we'll be like that was a great time to be reading detective comics we had a great time podcasting we had a great time digging into the book and the characters and the writing and the art but do you think this is going to be like a hush it's like constantly reprinted or do you think it's going to be more like batman uh bruce wayne murderer where there's people who really love it who really experienced it but it's not like always remembered like where do you think on the spectrum of bat events it's going to fall probably more like batman murderer just because it's in detective comics um i don't really have any fingers on any pulses so i don't know how the general bat fandom has been receiving this storyline um, but hopefully it'll be more than just that time Batman did Die Hard. <laughs> but that's great. Like, Batman doing Die it was fun. That's a great Yes, pitch. but if that's, like, how it is remembered and not, I don't know. Batman does Die Hard. That's awesome. Well, I mean, that's what Tamaki said, like, in her interviews. And I was like, oh, so finally we get a pitch and it sounds awesome. <laughs> I truly hope that it's remembered. Whether or not it is or not will ultimately be decided by DC and whether or not they decide to do, you know, reprints of this after the actual um, trade comes out. We know we're going to get a trade of this, but we'll know if it's something to be remembered if they do subsequent prints of this story i absolutely enjoyed it i loved it um it definitely you know not on the level of bruce wayne murderer you know it's a much better story than that but it's it's not quite there with hush although it's pretty close um again i just i just loved everything that came out of it but ultimately it's going to be what dc sees in their pocketbook as to whether or not it's remembered and we're allowed to see more of it in the future on the book stands yeah i don't know i think that I think there's going to be kind of like Batman Eternal and Batman Robin Eternal, um, which were also weekly events. And um, they kind of got a big splash and really good art teams. But people bring them up. But the thing about weeklies is they tend to be big. 
Like, even though this is shorter, it's not um, 52 issues like Batman Eternal or 26 like Batman and Robin Eternal. It's still 12 issues, and they're oversized with the backups. That's kind of a, a barrier to entry, unfortunately. I will say this. If, 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 if they ever want it to be remembered, if it, it, they're going to have to separate House of Gotham for, from it. It, it, it. That can't be included in any collective edition. I would... You know, if I was a a collector of trades, I would not buy. That was just, I don't. It has no connection to it, so why would you collect it? Yeah, and that ending, it just, dang it. (laughs) All right. So overall, I think that this has been a great three months of Detective Comics. Do we want to give it a rating? Um, yeah, let's give the overall arc a rating out of five bat rescues. <laughs> hmm. I think overall, my enjoyment level was at about a four, probably most of the way through. So I would have to get rid of four. I understand the ending could have been better, but I, when I enjoyed 95% of it, I'm going to give it a four. Also give it a four. It could have been... 4.5, but that ending kind of knocked it down a little bit. Because I just hate off-panel. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a 4 as well. Um, just There's so much about this that works. And yes, I, I do agree. There's, there's really some questions about the ending. But as an overall event, as a chance to spend time with my favorite characters, and they do cool stuff. Like All the characters get to do cool stuff. Um, it's great. It's what you want in a, a regular batman book and this is the second most popular batman book so see it's the second most popular but i still say detective is the best book artistically i mean it's i mean we have a difference of opinion when it comes to tynan because i was much more invested in tynan but there is zero contest when it comes to the last four months of uh williamson's run unfortunately Uh, and it will be very interesting to see how we feel about the fact that Detective is changing creative teams and Batman is about to go into Shadow War, which is a crossover with one of our favorite titles, Robin. So will Williamson be able to bring the Robin magic to the crossover or will it continue to be kind of meh like the the first arc he did? Will Detective lose some of the magic with the co-writer or will it continue to be really high quality? We'll have to wait and see, but I'm very curious and kind of nervous. Let's move on to Greater Gotham. Uh, Nightwing number ninety. Thumbs up. I understand. Like I read, I read TBU's review. I forget who wrote the review, but I read the review. I, I I understand the criticism and the shortcomings, but it's still an enjoyable read. So thumbs up. Neutral for me, but only because. We did, this was the this was the part one of the crossover, right? No, this was the next. This is continuing on the regular thing. Uh, oh, Wally this, Wally came and saved yeah, his butt. This one, yeah, this is the, yeah. No, that one's thumbs up. Okay, so yeah, Theo Theo just spoiled an issue. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> thumbs up from me. I'm gonna All say right. a neutral because I'm not as frustrated as I was before, but I'm still frustrated. I mean, this is the thing is the last several years have been weird for me just ratings wise because I've liked the main Batman book and I usually don't. So I feel really weird about 
where I am ratings wise. But Nightwing is never my favorite character, and so you really have to work hard to make me really care about a Nightwing book. And my favorite Nightwing book so far has been Tim Seeley. Although I did like uh, Ben Percy, although it wasn't his fault that it ended so badly. Catwoman, 41. I'll give it a neutral, but I'm still enjoying it overall. You can give things a thumbs up, you know. I know, and you know what? I, I was thinking about it, though, and I, th- I think, okay, fine, thumbs up. I still like it. If you're liking it, that's a thumbs up. I, I'm i actually moving up from a thumbs down to a neutral because I thought that Onyx was cool. I still think Selena is a punk and an idiot in the book, and so I don't <laughs> recommend it. But it was an improvement. Um, although the CGI backgrounds are really distracting. I don't know what's going on with the art, but I don't like the Theo CGI Theo needs backgrounds. to give hit. What? You forgot to get Theo his rating. Uh, I think Theo's still passing. Oh, yeah. okay. Theo, Theo's still passing until <laughs> Ian, Ian gives it a thumbs up. When yeah, Ian, it'll be a while before I give it a thumbs up. <laughs> Ian gives the thumbs up. I'll I'll take a foray and, and, and dig through the pages again. But I'm avoiding it until then. Uh, Batman the Night number three. Oh, thumbs up is so good. Thumbs way up. That was awesome. Yeah, thumbs up. I I really hope that Zdarsky like references this in his run because that would be so cool. It was like you get the origin and then you get the current day and they're connected. Like I hope so. I was thinking the same thing. That would be cool. Uh, Batman Superman World's Finest number one. Thumbs up, but. I think, uh, Ian, you were saying, right, it's not really catered to your your favorite. Um, I don't really think it is to mine, but there's enough stuff in there that I enjoy that I can read the whole thing and enjoy it. And more, I miss you on Detective. Yeah, same. But I I give this a thumbs up also. So the art is 100% a thumbs up for me. So good. I just really don't like anything that's happening in this book. I I didn't like the Jeff Loeb run of Batman Superman. I'm just, I'm not into this kind of book. And this is very clearly going for the same kind of thing. I mean, it even has the same villain as the first Jeff Loeb arc. <sighs> I'm going to go neutral just because the art was really good, but I am, so good. I'm not into it. Uh, Robin's number five, the alternate universe for episode. Now, okay, I thought I was reading Robin, and I was so confused. And then I realized I was reading Robin's, and I was still so confused. But at least I knew I had been confused before, so at least it was par for the course. It's a very confusing book. I have no idea what's going on, but thumbs up. Abstain. Thumbs up. I I personally wish that we'd gotten a a longer thing, because all the ideas in here I think would benefit from more expansion. But I'm really enjoying it. Task Force C number six of 12 now. <laughs> oh, thumbs up. I loved it. It was so good. Jason walking around with a bunch of dead villains. Yeah, I'll pass. Abstain. Well, this time he was fighting with Waller and trying to get. Anyway, he was fighting with Batman this time. <laughs> Still abstain. I think the art. I think, I don't know, the R was kind of wonky for me, so I'm going to give this a neutral, but I am still mostly, I'm definitely still reading the book. Um, and now we're going to get, oh wait, sorry, one more, uh, Harley Quinn number 13. Uh, thumbs up. Thumbs up. It was almost a serious story, oh my goodness. 
Yeah, I'd say still thumbs up. I mean, this title is is still just enjoyable. I would say Harley Quinn. Yeah, still not enough. Still abstaining because <laughs> Theo doesn't like Harley Quinn, which is totally fair. Let me know when 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 Cedric does a Harley Quinn book. Oh man, I want him back so bad. I'll be the first one in line to pick it up. Until then, yeah, good luck with that. All right, now we're going to get into Shadow War Prologue. So we have Robin number 12 and Deathstroke Inc. number 7. Robin number 12, uh, we left on a cliffhanger where Robin was going to, Damien was going to try and resurrect Alfred with the Lazarus potion. And this then is... Then he didn't. Oh and Roz, didn't. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> and back you rather di- disappointing. I think we <laughs> start over. <laughs> Roz juice. And Talia, this this was really a, an issue about Robin's relationship with Talia. And I thought mm-hmm. this one gets a huge thumbs up for me. I, yeah. I mean, Robin has just been consistently thumbs up from all of us, but this was very good. It was very good. Yeah. Oh, and I called it and what's her butt? Totally is evil and she doesn't like Damien. She's Flat stole line. his heart. Literally. Literally stole his heart. That was hilarious. Literally stole his heart and gave it to Lord Deathman or whatever it is. <gasps> Nothing good is going to come from that. All right. Uh, Theo, what'd you, what'd you rate uh, Robin number two? Uh, it, 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 like Ian said, Robin has been consistently a thumbs up for all of us and it just continues here. I love the I love the interaction between Damien and Talia and, you know, the fact that she finally wants to have a mother-son relationship with him. And he wants it as well. And I'm kind of actually happy that um, Flatline turns out to be a scandalous evil doer <laughs> because that only means that we still got a chance of Damien's true love <laughs> and I am still here waiting on that Mana, Maya Ducard please uh, report to the panel's page please <laughs> I uh I have so many ships that I'm okay with. Damien, I was okay with Flatline, but I do love uh, Maya a lot more than I love Flatline. So for sure, yeah. I would be okay with that. And he's only 14. What? Only 14. How many ships you got for him? I read too much fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Deathstroke Inc. number seven. This is mostly the backstory of Respawn, who, spoiler alert, turns out to be a clone of Talia and Slade. So it's not Grant, like a lot of people thought. It is a child of Deathstroke, but it's a child of Deathstroke and Talia, who I think is fascinating as a dark mirror of both Rose and Damien. Mm. I did think it was a little overly edgy, though. Like, it was like classic super edge. So, what do you guys rate this one? I didn't, I didn't read it. What? But it's the backstory <laughs> to the event. I didn't know that oh. until today. And then I didn't feel like finding it. <laughs> I thought the whole I thought the whole concept of 
of Roz cloning Talia and Slade this time as he did as as was done with um Talia and Bruce was just played out that didn't go over too go over well too much with me. But um the overall story was really good and I am here to see Ravenger um just beat the living hell out of respawn once uh for throwing her out of the window once she she comes through. She better. Like, because Ravager is awesome, and responds to nobody. <laughs> I'm going to give it a neutral, because I did think it was too edgy, but that's better than a negative, which is most of my opinion of this title so far. Um, which is a little unfair, just because everyone knows I, I love the Priest run, and so it's unfair of me to be harsh on this, because it's trying to do something different. But that just is my experience. But this it, is improving, and I am excited about this crossover. And see, outside of Batman... I think this is probably the book that Williamson has been giving the least of his time to, you know, because when he was doing um, Infinite Frontier, that was to lead into Justice League Incarnate, which is supposed to lead into Dark Crisis. So he really had to focus there. Well, and and he's leaving this book. So clearly he's, he's leaving which book? Deathstroke Inc. After the crossover, he's gone. And Ed Brisson's taking over. Oh, good. He needs to get off a few more books. <laughs> he like, needs to focus his, his stuff because he's doing so much. He's, yeah. And, 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 and I'm not saying that because I don't like Josh Williamson. I no, love no. Williamson. I think that we're a very pro-Josh Williamson he, podcast. Yeah. But I just think he is doing entirely too much. And it is reflective in some of his storytelling and the fact that DC's top selling book was just handled so bad. I mean, this, this abyss arc was just very weak, very weak sauce. It just, this means he's doing too much. And I hope that once he gets off of some of these lesser books, he's really able to shine that, in the way I know he can as a writer. Well, and I think that Robin has consistently been shining, and so I just I hope oh, he can has. maintain that, and I'm no, excited and Robin, to see it. And, and, and I'm not saying, I'm definitely not saying Robin is one of the lesser books, but I'm speaking no, more it's a great uh, book. Deathstroke Inc. and, and, and Batman, all these, unfortunately. <laughs> all these other titles that he's been on that has caused the quality of the books that should be the major books to suffer a la Batman. All right. And last question. What are we expecting? What are we excited about for Shadow War? Oh. Um, Guru Raz. <laughs> Hot Raz. Hot Raz. <laughs> um, Damien. And Evil Flatline. I don't know. I personally think Flatline's actually going to not be a big part of the arc. Yeah, I think no, she's going to come back after yeah, the arc. Probably. Um, no, I don't care. Anything with Damien in it. I don't, I don't care. I don't care what it is. It's going to be so cute to see the family actually together as a family. Yeah. Mom and dad and grandpa and, and son. Great grandma. Oh. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, great grandma's gonna be there too. It's just, I mean, it's gonna be a nice little family book. I hope. Not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but 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 to see to see to see Bruce, Talia, and and Damien together, it's gonna be interesting to see how that interaction interaction goes. I'm I'm pretty sure we're not going to have the family interaction that we get in Little Gotham. So hold on to your horses because it's going to be a ride. Yeah, I'm definitely excited about seeing Batman and Damien reconnecting because it's been a really long time. I'm very excited to see how the different loyalties work out. I I really want to know what happens with Ravager because we know she's going to be a big part. Is she going to fall on her father's side or is she going to join Batman against him? And, of course, there's the, the hints that there's someone behind it all. So, of course, that'll be a fun mystery to solve. Um, the one thing I'm not looking forward to is the scheduling of this book is awful. They're doing four issues a month for two months, but they're doing it like two issues and then nothing and nothing and then two issues again. And it's just like so badly scheduled. But Tell, tell, me, tell, tell me this. It, and I know DC says... Dark Crisis is in continuity, which it can and cannot, you know, even. I, but is Dark Crisis supposed to have some type of play on Shadow War since Deathstroke Inc. is supposed to have some type of play on Dark Crisis because of that epilogue with Luther? That would require me to actually be reading the uh, Justice League and. Um multiverse stuff and i am not so i cannot say <laughs> okay so you and me are in the same same boat got it and i assume staff too maybe i've wrongly assumed that but wait sorry <laughs> we're I'm not reading Jester. justice league or the the yeah. whole dark Crisis i'll, I'll read i'll at least scan 75 when it comes out i mean we have to just at least know what we're not knowing right right but we're not caught up we haven't been reading it oh heck no no yeah oh, that's oh, what we're no. just saying no you know i think i I skimmed 74, and I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even do that. I thought it was super Bat Family heavy, and then I realized I was skimming the wrong book. <laughs> I don't know what was wrong with me last week. I was picking up a lot of the wrong books. <laughs> Wait, oh, so right. was Justice League 74 Bat heavy? No, it wasn't. I forget. I think I think I had accidentally skimmed through uh, Detective Comics or okay. something. So let's do a quick call for our listener comments. Oh. That, is that That's me? You. Just oh, okay. Hold on. Did you have something written for me? No. I thought you were nope. just going to oh. do what you said. Yeah, well, you know, so y'all, you should join our Discord. Like, commenting on crap is the thing of the past. <laughs> you should come to our Discord server and hang out with us. And we're weirdos, and we're always available to chit-chat or at least read your comments and give an emoji. But, Yeah. It's fun. We we hang out with um, uh, who is it? Uh, Bro- Bor- Borvok, uh, Caspian, and uh, Spider Boy, <laughs> and we have a good time. And you should come hang out with us too. It's lots of fun. I uh, think you can get through it to the Discord server through the website, which is thebatmanuniverse.net. So yeah, come hang out with us. And tell oh. us what you like and what you don't like yeah. about the podcast. Disagree with us. If someone wants to replace me, please. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I could use a break. Um, but and I promise yeah. I'll be more active now that I'm I'm not reviewing a weekly book <laughs> or writing a thesis. <laughs> no, I think he's still doing that. Oh, are you? I'm kind of still doing that. Oh, but, I thought you were done. 
All right, and now I'm going to do my Patreon appreciation. Thank to the following people who donate at a certain level per month. Lisa Slack, Ian Meller, Gerald Green, Joshua Lappin-Bertoni, Rob O, Tim Garassi, Robert Lewis, Stephanie Mounts, Donovan Morgan Grant, Stanton's Grave, Donald Townsend, Ed Grouse, Captain America, Mary Garrett, Austin Davis, Johnny McCloskey, Cesar Diaz, Jessica Morales, and David Richards. Thank you all for helping us keep our archive of podcasts in the servers and on the air. I really appreciate all the things you do to support. And of course, I recognize a lot of your names from your comments. So feel free to add more comments. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I've been Ian. This is Steph. And this is still not Oedipus Rex. This is Eo. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Spoiler alert, by the way. I mean, <laughs> this whole you podcast mean- is spoiler alert. <laughs> We're not a teaser podcast. We talk about stuff. We do. All the time. All we the even time. talk about stuff that comes out next week. And- <laughs> no, we don't. I make sure we don't. I cut all that out. I just edit that out. <laughs>